Welcome to House Calls, where we get to talk to investment bankers from Kane Brothers, a division of KeyBank Capital Markets Incorporated. I'm your host, Dave Johnson, the CEO of Foresight Health and the author of The Customer Revolution in Healthcare, Delivering Kinder, Smarter, Affordable Care for All. I co-author a regular thought leadership article with a rotating cast of senior bankers from Kane Brothers. In each piece, we do a deep dive on a fascinating sector of the dynamic healthcare industry. For this House Calls podcast, I'm joined by the Kane Brothers superstars, Wyatt Ritchie, the new president of Kane Brothers, and Dave Morlock, Kane Brothers head of health system M&A. Today, we're going to talk about not only a very interesting, but a unique event that Kane Brothers convened in Nashville on June 13th and 14th, the first ever collaboration conference between health systems and private equity firms. In fact, because the conference was so interesting, we're going to extend this conversation across two podcasts. In the first one, we'll talk about the what and how of the conference. And in our next conversation, we'll talk with Wyatt about the why. Wyatt, Dave, welcome to House Calls, where the bankers like you are always in. Dave, uh, good to be with you again. Thanks for having us on. Likewise, Dave. Always a pleasure to have these conversations. So looking yeah. forward to it. How often do you guys get called superstars? Probably a first, right? I think that was a first. <laughs> I hear it all the time for Wyatt, but I'm glad I'm I'm riding the coattails. So that's good. <laughs> anyway, let's dive into the conference. You know, the very idea of having PE and health systems together in the same room in an intimate gathering where real and honest conversation takes place would almost have been unimaginable not even a year or two ago. Who'd have thought it was even possible? And yet this industry is so big and so fragmented that a major event like JP Morgan in San Francisco, you've got both health systems and PE there in force, but they never really interact. But when Kane Brothers convened this event, the response was, overwhelming before and after the conference. You really caught lightning in a bottle. Step back a little bit now that we're a few weeks beyond the conference and tell the audience what the genesis of the idea was, how quickly it came together, any sort of thoughts on why it was the right time to convene this type of gathering. Yeah, it's a really interesting question, Dave. What's interesting to me is we've been doing joint ventures and partnerships between health systems, you know, and private equity, or more importantly, private equity-backed strategics for quite some time. So it's not like this was necessarily a completely new concept, and it's been one that, you know, a lot of people have employed over a longer period of time. You know, I would say, I think as I reflect back on it, and Dave, I'm curious your perspective on it, I think there were two catalysts that I think really made this conference at this moment, you know, one that people were much more open to. One was, you know, the transaction that we were involved with, with TPG and MedQuest, which, you know, we'll talk about, you know, later in the podcast around outpatient imaging. So we had a relatively large, you know, significant transaction that was a catalyst to at least have us started thinking about it. But more importantly, I think health systems have been, you know, 
dealing with so much over the last few years, whether it was just surviving the chaos of COVID, whether it's then been surviving, you know, the notion of finding no labor and just dealing with a lot, you know, and I think they've just kind of had this big exhale but also realize there's a lot of kind of challenges going forward as well. And so there was a moment of openness to thinking about it, but also a realization there's a lot coming down the pike. And I think, you know, frankly, in my mind, those were the two things in particular that created an openness for both sides to get together. But Dave, curious if you've got any other thoughts around that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The world of health systems has been resetting for the last couple of years, right? Interest rates and cost of capital has been reset. The cost of labor and labor inputs have been reset. And all of this is happening in the context of continued reimbursement pressure, continued pressure at at the federal level around deficits and things like that. And I think that health system executives are starting to realize that strategies, partnerships, sources of capital, those types of things also have to be reset in the new world in order to be successful going forward. You can't just sort of rehash the old playbook of fee-for-service medicine. I just need more commercial patients in my beds and in my ORs Mm -hmm. because those profits are going to make up for my strains and other parts of the business. That isn't going to work going forward. So I think the time was right to put these two groups that oftentimes haven't spent a lot of time together, health system executives and private equity executives, into reimagining how they might work together in the future. Yeah, great points from both of you. And you do get the sense that the way that healthcare historically has worked isn't really working anymore. And the idea that just running faster, doing more of the same thing, Dave, like you were saying, is somehow going to address the challenges you know, confronting health systems, I think really is wishful thinking. Now, there's always a lot of wishful thinking in healthcare, but that reality is coming through. And combine that with sort of the negative perception regarding some nonprofit health system behaviors as captured in a bunch of these investigative reports that have come out from the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and other places. And I think health system executives are feeling the heat a little bit more than they have in the past. Now, having said that, there's still a fair amount of trepidation, I think, and Dave Morlock, maybe that you're the better one to begin on this, but still a fair amount of trepidation in the executive suites in these nonprofit health systems regarding PE and are they friend or foe or somehow both. Just care to comment on that. I I think health systems know they need help, that it's going to take a village to help them build out the customer-friendly platforms with the capabilities they require to remain relevant in the marketplace. But at the same time, they're worried if they're going to get their pockets picked. Any thoughts about that? Yeah. So first off, you talked about not a lot of creative thinking necessarily and not-for-profit healthcare, I would say it's a lack of creativity in the context of groupthink, right? Because there's a whole lot of groupthink in that portion of the healthcare uh, industry. Um, You know, from the perspective of friend or foe, I definitely think it's both. 
<laughs> if you're going to be disintermediated uh, or disrupted because the old business model no longer works and you're going to sit tight sort of like that frog waiting for the water to start boiling around them in the pot, <laughs> then you're going to view, you're going to view private equity as a foe because, and by the way, you're also going to view other health systems who reframe their strategies and reframe their thinking. You're going to view them as a foe as well, because the world's going to move on without you. Um, if you're open-minded uh, and you can rethink, like we said before, rethink your strategies and your partnerships and your sources of capital, I think private equity can serve as a friend. You've got to be open-minded on how you meet both the needs of the health system and their constituencies, and also the needs of the investors in the private equity space. Because once in a while, those, those things don't necessarily, they might not be in competition with each other, but they might not necessarily perfectly line up either. But I think that's where a lot of the dialogue is important to then start to create that alignment and those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Wyatt, go ahead. I just want to pick up on, you know, what Dave said, but also what you said too, which is, you know, this notion of negative press, you know, there's, there's no shortage of negative press on both sides of the aisle, meaning health system and certainly private equity. And I think that, you know, part of the reason that we wanted to do this is that, you know, Kane Brothers is uniquely positioned in that we deal with these folks every day. And when you deal with someone every day, you're able to see things in a much more nuanced way than what you might get in, in a headline. And I think that it was really the result of us knowing there was a lot more for these constituents to talk about where there actually is overlap of interest than against. And it really was, in, in many respects, a way to get through the headlines and have an opportunity for folks to meet in person, talk and network and not just simply you know, read the headlines and cast aspersions because we've got to move the industry forward. And we think a big part of moving the industry forward is bringing these folks together as opposed to keeping them apart. Excellent. I couldn't agree more. Well, let's, let's get to the what and how a little bit. I don't think I can think of a major conference that went from concept to execution in a shorter period of time. Let us in on the creation process, the sausage making, you know, how once you decided to pull the trigger, uh, you were able to get so many participants, over 20 health systems, over 20 PE funded companies, over 30 PE funds, all in the same room, along with, I think, seven additional sponsors. I mean, talk about an idea whose time has come. You really, as we said earlier, you know, kind of captured lightning in a bottle. But just talk to us about how, once you decided to pull the trigger, how it all came together and you came up with the agenda, the participants, and particularly got the number of health systems involved. I sometimes think you need to schedule, you know, five years in advance to get health system attendance like you got in such a short period of time. So just bring us into the how and the, the what a little bit. It's a really good question, and I'm going to let Dave pick up because, you know, he was a key catalyst to, you know, making us pull the trigger. I think, you know, we closed the transaction with TPG at the end of the year. So just then in the new year, starting to talk about it, I think, you know, 
for both Dave and me and some of our partners, it became quite obvious, like, hey, you know, there is probably, you know, an opportunity here to get some folks together and they would be interested. You know, having said that, you know, some of the challenges that we were then, you know, dealing with before we quote unquote pulled the trigger was budget. What is, you know, certainly a soft year and how are we going to, you know, fund this and how are we going to think about that? And then I'd say most importantly was where Dave picked up, you know, the baton was run. Okay. If we invite health systems, would they even come? And so, Dave, I'll let you pick up the story because that was a big part of us figuring out if we were going to pull this off or not. Yeah, we were first off, our event planners deserve a tremendous pat on the back because when when we said we want to do this in June, I think they were wondering which what year. (laughs) Um, And when it was clear if we were talking eight weeks from the moment we called them, I think they were they were a little surprised. Listen, I think the our ability to get the health system executives and and to be clear, this was these were C-suite executives, right? This was not open to just anybody that wanted to come. It was focused on the the largest, most prestigious health systems in the country and focused on their C-suites. And I think having them arrive on such short notice actually speaks to the creative and interesting new direction that this conference was trying to create. I would also suggest that, you know, part of our conference approach was not just the panels, but also some curated one-on-one meetings and connections that Kane Brothers is able to create for the health system executives and the private equity executives. And it gets gets back to what Wyatt mentioned a few minutes ago. It's it's how Kane Brothers is so uniquely positioned in the industry to do this kind of thing. For us to curate those types of meetings and and kindle those kinds of relationships. So I think that was a a huge part in helping executives to rearrange their calendar so that they could get to Nashville for the event. Yeah, Wyatt, anything you want to add to that? Or Yeah, no, I think that, you know, once we did some early polling, you know, once we gained confidence that actually if we were to do this, that, you know, we would get, you know, some health system executives to, to come, I think the rest started to fall in line pretty quickly. We knew that, you know, private equity would be, you know, quite interested in having an opportunity to to sit in a room with folks like that. We knew too, you know, a lot of the companies that help facilitate these joint ventures would be interested as well. So, you know, I think once we knew that, you know, the health systems were open to doing this in short notice, the rest kind of came into place. You know, and the good thing you know, relative to the programming was the attendees was the program. So the ability to kind of put the program together, you know, was relatively easy to do because we knew and the environment that we were trying to make was, you know, a series of conversations with people in the room and, you know, explore topics from slightly different angles, but it would all be, you know, the folks in the room and keep it intimate and keep it, you know, in a way where, 
you know, it was easy to meet people. It was as opposed to when you go to a conference of thousands, you know, this was definitely, you know, a conference of 150 and you're in the same room and it just, it creates for a much more intimate environment. So that was really at the end of the day, how it came together. And I do think that, you know, the other thing that was, you know, quite, you know, helpful was, you know, we had a bunch of co-sponsors that also were very interested in participating in this certainly financially, but more importantly, also for the connection that they were going to be able to make as a result of this conference. So it was consulting firms and law firms and just those that, you know, also were involved in this kind of activity. Um, and, you know, they quickly signed on too. So, you know, I think it was a win-win-win for everybody involved and certainly, you know, it's got us, you know, keyed up on doing this again next year. So, um, and that's kind of what we're in the process of doing right now, thinking about next year. Imagine what you'll be able to do with a little bit of advance. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, I was going to say, look, creating the, the conversations was a huge part of it, whether it was those curated connections or the con- like, like why I said, the people were the content. And it was structured around panels that were, in essence, sort of like fireside conversations amongst panelists in front of the room full of people. And then uh, allowing the folks in the audience to ask questions. And it was pretty intentional, you know, sort of the way we put that together, the order that we put it together. And we were trying very hard to not replicate the typical health system conference where you get a bunch of health system executives in the room and each health system stands up and sort of presents about themselves, what their strategy is. You know, everybody talks about we're doing patient care, safety and quality. We're doing value-based care. You know, if your strategic plan can be written 90% by chat GPT in 38 seconds, which I think a lot of these strategic plans can be done, that's not that useful of a conference. We were trying to create the, the compare and contrast, the debate and the back and forth conversations that we ended up with. And I think we knocked it out of the park. <laughs> that is such a great point. It, there is a little bit of Lake Wobegon effect for these health systems. You know, they're all above average when they're presenting in front of audiences. And I actually think you had exactly the opposite here, which was because it was a trusted environment and people weren't trying to snow each other, they were really exploring opportunities for collaboration. There was a degree of honesty that infiltrated all of the dialogue and you could feel it in the room and you could certainly see it. Uh, on display on stage. And I bet it was even in more evidence on the one-to-one conversations, you know, to the point where after the conference, I felt there was some FOMO, fear of missing out going on from those who, for whatever reason, weren't able to attend and uh, just builds it up for next year. Well, having, you know, sort of talked about how we got there, let's, let's talk about the actual event. Wyatt, what stood out for you as you look at the six panels and the fireside chat at lunch? What are the one or two key takeaways for you that came from the the sort of on-stage deliberations? Well, one, I would say, you know, the degree of variability relative to how people are, are looking at, you know, quote, the opportunity or the issues. You know, and we had you know, a wide variety of health systems. Some of them, you know, are in really, you know, strong positions, both financially and strategically. Some, you know, from that point of view, don't see a lot of need. 
for this collaboration, where then there are others who are also quite strong, you know, financially and strategically, who are very expansive, you know, in their partnerships. So, you know, it was interesting to me that, and then you certainly have got those that are not as strong, probably also having similar variability in their points of view as to, you know, should we be doing this? Why are we doing this? You know, et cetera. I I think we saw, you know, similar variability from private equity too, to a certain extent. I mean, clearly at the end of the day, private equity is around business building and investing, but, you know, some have had, you know, a lot of experience with health systems and a lot of, you know, success associated with that. And then we had, you know, a number of folks that have not done any partnership, you know, with health systems. And, you know, they're probably, you know, just getting up to the curve and, We'll talk about GMedQuest, but that was a transaction that was years in the making, you know, and in many circumstances, that's what these transactions are. You know, they're years in the making. You're not necessarily reacting to a book that a banker, you know, is is putting out, you know, on the street for a transaction. And, you know, that also underscores the point of this conference and the reason why it's not a one and done thing. These things are going to take a long time years in the making, relationship building, et cetera. And so that variability of points of view, and then to just the openness, you know, I would tell you, I mean, we had a lot of openness to conversations. I know there's been follow-up too. So I think it, it clearly, given the attendance, how quickly it came together, and then just what I would call the vibe out of that conference, there was a lot of open-mindedness to these kinds of conversations. Now, we'll see where it goes, but there's no doubt people are certainly looking to new ways to think about their strategy, how they fit in, how they think about partnerships, you know, probably more questions than answers at this point, but certainly a willingness to ask the questions and entertain the questions. Yeah, Dave, same question for you. What stood out for you from the onstage dialogue. I think Wyatt's two points on variability and honesty just hit right home. But in addition to that, what else did you see? Well, look, I I think I would echo Wyatt's points. I mean, the variability across the panels, it was no accident that we structured this to have, you know, sort of a case study and have the health system folks and the PE folks and the portfolio company folks together talking about putting a deal together and then followed it up with the private equity executives followed it up with the health system executives. And then even within those groups, we had some very interesting differences of perspective and opinions, but we intentionally set it up to sort of create that compare and contrast and back and forth. I, I mean, I love, I love to tell the story as we were constructing the health system executive panel Two of the executives said to me, basic, you know, paraphrasing here, but said, are you sure you even want me on this panel? Because I doubt I'm going to get up there on that stage and say what you want me to say. And I said, you know what? I don't have anything that I want you to say, per se. I'm, I'm interested in your perspective and what you think about where things are going from, a sources of capital perspective, a partnerships perspective. Can not-for-profit systems work with private equity, et cetera? And we got a range of outcomes. We had one panelist who made pretty clear 
They're really not that interested in many, if any, partnerships in this space. And we had another significant, strong, healthy, not-for-profit health system laid out. They've got an entire portfolio of these types of investments. And it just you know, it, it's just part of their overall strategy. So I was glad to see, in essence, the debate amongst our panelists in front of everybody. And then we had, you know, similar conversation around that with the with the private equity folks and, you know, how how mission and those types of things fits into the into the total picture. So it, we look, we were we were shooting for an interesting format and set of dialogue and debate. And that's what we got. So we were pretty happy with that outcome. You know what I loved about the deliberation, I bet you two did too, is I felt like I was watching the marketplace unfold in real time with the way that markets signal where they're headed and where interest is in this sort of bottom-up organic kind of way. And then you as a market participant or companies as market participants try to digest, react, and then move forward. And that was happening with a degree of visibility that we rarely see, right? I think because everything is so new and quite as you were saying, there's a fair amount of pressure on all involved to figure this out and figure it out in ways that actually add real value to buyers of healthcare services to the country as a whole. So that you know the market was almost unfolding in real time and that's that to me is always exciting to see and maybe related to that you know I did the fireside chat with Paul Cusero who in many ways was an ideal person to have as the featured speaker uh because he's been chief strategy officer at Humana chief strategy officer at Tenant, so both the payer and the provider side, as well as the last eight years as CEO and chairman of Amedesis, which uh, is in the process of, of being acquired by United. That was interesting in and of itself. But Paul is someone who doesn't believe in sitting still, has done all kinds of deals himself, has evaluated deals himself. And he was recalling this conversation from the 19, I think it was either late 80s or 90s with Peter Drucker, the, the great management guru, about hospitals. He was the chief strategy officer at Tenant at the time. And Drucker early on saying that health systems were going to have to become aggregators of capabilities. They weren't going to be able to provide them or develop them all themselves. So any reactions to one, the market unfolding in real time, as I'm gushing about here. And then also, I think Paul's spot on comments that standing still and hoping the market bends to your will rather than adapting to where the market wants to go is just way too risky to do at this time. Uh, I don't know. Why, why don't you start and then we'll let Dave clean it up? Yeah, well, if I recall correctly, too, didn't Peter Drucker say that health systems might be the most complicated or complex organizations. Yeah, he did. As it relates to a business. Yeah, which, you know, I think is true. You know, it, it's interesting. I agree with that. And I think you know, two other observations that I came out of the conference that, you know, are in response to, to your question, which is one, there's no shortage of opportunity. There is no shortage of issues to tackle. I mean, we had such a wide variety of companies, you know, attacking these problems, these partnerships 
across a wide variety of clinical settings, uh, back office, front office, front door. It was just quite interesting to me. But more importantly, and the thing that definitely, you know, rang true was for this to work, you know, these partnerships need to be durable. You know, they, they need to last a change in ownership from a private equity point of view. They need to last a change in leadership mm-hmm. at a health system point of view for them to really have, you know, long lasting impact. And, you know, that's, you know, aligning incentives up front that's creating, you know, trust on the front end um, around what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, the other key ingredient that I thought came through was communication throughout. There has to be, you know, an active mm-hmm. interchange of the partners over time as well. Because the one thing I think we all know is the only thing you can count on is change and business dynamics changing. And so then how do you, within the context of a partnership, react to change and still create, you know, win-win for those two partners? But, you know, it was interesting, you know, the health systems are always concerned about change in ownership, a change in the private equity ownership of some of these companies, you know, and the private equity firms are always concerned about change in leadership at these health systems. And then all of a sudden, what was important to the prior CEO is now no longer important. Yeah. And so durability on both sides, I think, is really, really important because as you, all these problems that we're talking about, these are not one or two year or three year kinds of issues that we're tackling. These are things that are much, much longer term than that. Yeah, Dave. I love the, you know, market unfolding before your eyes comment. And and I do think that fits together with the change over time that that why I was talking about. One of the things that was fascinating to me was to not only sort of see the market unfold but see how the market participants are on different points in the continuum or the curve <laughs> as things are unfolding uh, before them. You know, I was, I was fascinated when I heard one of the participants say, you know, that whole, the whole private equity thing, that makes a lot of sense, but that's not going to work <laughs> or that doesn't work in my town, which always makes me scratch my head and say, why do you remain stuck in that state, right? You, what, what is stopping you from evolving to a broader to a to a broader platform and a and a and a broader perspective, and you know, I just see folks like that on a different sort of time point in the unfolding market continuum. But the disruption's not going away, that's for sure. the The evolution is not going away, and folks that don't elect to evolve and keep up with change are going to find themselves suffering if the pace of change within your organization is slower than the pace of change outside of your organization, you might have some problems on the horizon. (laughs) Back to Drucker's point, Dave, you know, I do think that, and Dave Morlock and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, there's no question these health systems, they've got a really important role, but it does have to evolve. And this notion of aggregation, you know, I think is really, really important, you know, and as opposed to, owning and controlling and funding everything, you know, they need to like rethink their model. 
Dave has used the notion of kind of, you know, Apple, you know, Apple does not control every app, but, you know, they control the ecosystem and then they, you know, allow apps to get into the ecosystem, you know, and I think, you know, it's a pretty apt analogy for health systems too. They kind of have an ecosystem, but they can't create every app and, and do everything within that ecosystem. But if they take that point of view, it creates for, I think, where we need to go, but they're going to have to do it well. And that creates additional complexities about, you know, how you interact with your partners, how you create that ecosystem. You can't just tell someone what to do. You, you got to align incentives and control and make sure that it all lines together. But, you know, in some ways, they're almost evolving to a private equity business where you create a series of investments, which hopefully over time, you know, creates long-term return. Now, it's differently measured than a private equity firm, but still long-term return meaning success and obviously solving, you know, a lot of the problems that, you know, the U.S. healthcare system is facing today. Yeah, and the not-for-profit systems that are not embracing that platform and that portfolio perspective are are losing that platform to big retailers and big insurers with a lot more scale who are embracing that same kind of approach. Love it. You know, one of my favorite sayings is you got to avoid mistaking articulation for accomplishment, MAFA. And I think, Dave, what you're saying and why you're saying too is we can't just talk about it. We actually got to make it happen. And so all this discussion about the earth moving under our feet and the need to get ahead of things, it's all right to bask in a successful conference, but that's already almost a month old. What's next on the horizon for this initiative, do you think? Because it digs deeper into this these potential collaborations between health systems and PE companies. Well, one of the things we're doing is we have engaged in a number of what I would call whiteboarding sessions, where we are sitting down with these major health systems and their C-suites, CEO, CFO, CSO, and, and others that they want to bring into the mix. And we are talking about, in practical terms, types of investments that they can be making and should be making and markets in which they ought to be exploring these opportunities. So that's an immediate example of follow-up on, on this conference, for sure. Mm -hmm. Wyatt, we'll give you the last word. Well, I we are already in the planning stages for the next conference, you know, and part of that too has been, you know, reaching out to a lot of the key constituents that were there to get feedback. What was good? What could we change? You know, my goal is to make this, you know, an annual event that brings together these constituents to solve these problems. And it's going to be, you know, a combination of new content, some same content, new participants, same participants. You know, I do think, the, you know, the one thing that we're trying to balance too, Dave, is how do we create it the right size where it's not so big that it just becomes another conference, but also I think yeah. there's no doubt there's, you know, others that would definitely be interested and benefit from participating on the conference. So we're, we're thinking through, you know, how do we do that? You know, how do we do that as successfully as this one? And as you said earlier on, with, with a little more lead time, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Well, let's land there while we're all basking in the success of a first-of-its-kind conference. 
to our readers out there, if you get a chance, read the first part of our commentary series on the Nashville Conference. It's titled Kickstarting Innovation Part One, Bringing Health Systems and Private Equity Together for Good. And stay tuned for the second half of our conversation between Wyatt and me. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep doing what you do to make our health system overall kinder, smarter, and more accessible and affordable for all Americans.